Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. This is Marnie Swedberg, and as always, I'm excited to have you with us today. We are having a fun, interesting show today on Insider Secrets for Ministry-Minded Road Warriors. Our guest today is Adele Morgan. She has been a singer-songwriter for a long time. She's going to be sharing with us some great content. You want to get your notepads out because... During the next hour, you're going to discover five considerations you should make before taking your show on the road. Um, Things to consider when preparing your stage presence, a mission statement, and why you need one, both for your life but also for your ministry. How to book your own concerts and speaking gigs. The difference between being an independent versus a signed artist or presenter. How to think about venue contracts versus venue agreements and why it matters. How to connect yourself with a nonprofit. How to stay healthy while traveling. Uh, Why pre-event communication is key and a list of people to include. The one thing that will get you blacklisted and how to blacklisted and how to avoid it. And if you have a oh we have the mission statement here already. Okay. Uh, sorry, that's on here tonight. So anyway, right now we're going to bring on Adele. She is a singer-songwriter, inspirational speaker, producer, and recording artist who travels the world entertaining, educating, and encouraging others through her life and musical talents. Welcome to you, Adele. Well, thank you so much for having me, Marnie. I'm just super excited. Well, I'm so happy to have you here, and we've been longtime uh, partners over at WomenSpeakers.com, and you are always such an inspiration to me. You, you just keep on plugging along, doing what God has called you to do on the road a lot. And even despite um, some health challenges, you just keep on going. I'm so proud of you and so proud to know you and honored. <laughs> well, uh, same to you. I just appreciate all that you do for all of us who are trying to do what God has called us to do. Mm, that's great. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. We're going to talk a little bit about your ministry as we go through the um, program here, but let's go ahead and talk first about the five considerations before someone should consider taking their show on the road. The first one is to really step back and just ask how God has gifted you. Can you just maybe tell us a little bit about how you knew or a story about that? Well, um, you know, I came out of the womb singing, uh, much to my sisters and siblings. <laughs> um, they, they weren't all that excited to hear me all the time. But, um, you know, I think that it just kind of organically happened. You know, um, I just constantly wanted to do what God's um, will was for my life. I con- uh, continued to sing and bloom where I was planted. Uh, went to college, went to Bible school, and was in singing groups there and just kind of, uh, you know, learned some things, valuable things about that. And um, it just kind of happened. I mean, one of the things I think that jump started it was that I won a singing contest and uh, it was a singing contest to Nashville. Hmm. And so I went down there and I tried to learn all I could about the music business, but then I came back home and decided that's not what I wanted to do. (laughs) So um, I didn't want to just do the conventional sign with a record label, have them tell me what to do. And especially since I was a mom and a wife and I felt that that was my priorities. So um, I just kept doing the things that I thought was the right thing to do at the time. And then when my daughter graduated from high school, um, I had produced one of my, um, well, my second CD and then got some really great opportunities to travel the whole country as a national spokesperson. So I don't know if you want to talk about that now. I know that uh, we really want to talk to the other speakers about um, how to be ministry minded. What word wrote 
warriors. So um, it's just something that um, I think God will let you know if you're really um, genuinely seeking his will for your life. You, you have a story about a family who made a, an interesting decision when they really felt called. Share that. Well, um, you know, I said, is it truly where God has gifted, gifted you? Is singing and speaking truly where God has gifted you? Sometimes our dreams um, overshadow what God has really gifted you to do. And I just remember a family that had sold all of their belongings and their, her husband had quit his job so that she could go on the road with the family and her children were quite small and be a singing, uh, traveling family band. And they came to our church and I, you know, as a musician, um, and I don't ever like to cut down other people's talents, but, you know, that was probably not her gift. And, and I think it was maybe one of her children's gifts, and I hope he continued that. But um, as I watched the family, it kind of all fell apart, and they were, mm-hmm. you know, homeless. So, you know, just try to differentiate what, you know, God has really gifted you to do and what um, is just maybe your dream. Do. You know, it kind of dovetails into the into the next uh, the next key consideration. It, you talk about spending t- spending enough time getting ready. Just share some thoughts with us about that. Well, I, I have have you have you spent enough time in the woodshed? And and those of you that are not musicians um, may not know what that means. But um, back in the day, the jazz musicians would always say, "I'm I've got to go do some more shedding," meaning that you need to get in an isolated isolated place, which I guess the woodshed was the only place back then, and just rehearse, rehearse, and try new things, and um, feel free to make mistakes. And the more that you uh, woodshed, um, you know, rehearsing isn't so that you can be perfect. It's so that you can be perfectly okay with anything that is thrown your way. And I mm-hmm. think that is um, good for both singing and speaking. And today I'm going to, you know, I've got this uh, twist on it as a singer speaker. So hopefully you speakers out there can, can glean some from this too. Yeah. That's and also, oh, oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Keep going. Yep, keep going. Uh, well, and just being on top of your game and, and honing your talents helps you to be relaxed. It helps you to feel comfortable, but it also helps your audience to feel comfortable. Um, as you well know, that if you're uncomfortable, it makes your audience uncomfortable. Yeah, another thing that you talk about is um, the, the performers or the speaker's own comfort level. I so agree with this that if the person on the stage is uncomfortable, the, the audience will be uncomfortable, but also if they don't have the talent, uh, that can really be distracting too. Well, yeah, and I also say, um, you know, just really talk to somebody who is a really close friend that loves you and wants the best for you and just ask them the hard questions. You know, do you think this is the thing that I'm gifted to do? And, and, um, and I hope, you know, that you'll be, you know, they'll be really honest with you. And also um, my advice for any parent or um, person that knows a budding musician to just make sure that they have that isolated woodshed to practice and not make, don't put the piano in the living room. Our piano is in our living room and I could never practice because I was always being told, shut up, you know, you're too loud and, you know, which is understandable. So I felt like, you know, I really blossomed when I went to college and there was a thing called the practice room. And I was so excited <laughs> to be in yeah. a practice room to where right. I could just do, be creative and not be self-conscious. 
Yeah, my daughter is a very accomplished pianist, and she got to the level where she just couldn't stand having people listen to her as she just drummed over and over and over and over. You know, the same very different right, parts. right, exactly. And so um, we have a, but we have a headset available for our uh, piano, electric piano, and that was just a saving grace. <laughs> and so you can Add. actually have this widget right in the middle of your living room if you give them a way to, you know, be there yes, without yes. being so on stage all the time. And, and, and even they do feel bad um, uh, to have other people listen. You know, one of the things we wanted to talk about in this section, um, kind of consideration number three here, is will being on the road strengthen or weaken your relationships at home? And this is so important. Absolutely. Um, I've split it out to um, different relationships, like um, will it weaken your relationship with your spouse? Um, first of all, is he supportive of your ministry? You know, that is a big thing. And my husband had a really hard time with it at the, at the first. He's, he's very, very supportive now. Um, I never did actually go on the road, though, until my daughter graduated from high school. I would go, you know, statewide and not be gone for more, more than overnight. But um, I just really felt like it was just, something that would really affect our intimacy and when I say intimacy that's not just my sex life that means um, you know our emotional connection our spiritual connection and you know FaceTime and texting have really helped but there's nothing better than being you know really present there with your spouse Um, also with your children you know um, nothing's better than a good mama who spends both quality time and quantity time with their children and Call me old-fashioned, but um, that's really been something that I've made a commitment to, is to making my daughter feel more important than my ministry and my singing. And uh, she eventually was able to be in my band, so she traveled with us, and my husband Mm. drove for us sometimes. And um, she also sings uh, backup on a lot of my albums. Um, But, you know, just talk to them and ask your child how they feel when you're gone. Um, I try not to be gone for more than three to five days, you know, depending on if I'm going overseas or not. But um, I really didn't start traveling until she was totally graduated and in college. And that the Lord just kind of worked that one out. And I really think that um, the Lord will reward you for making that decision. And I know it was the right one for me in my life. Right. And it's just something to really pray through and talk through as a couple um, before you begin, but it even affects it even affects friends and church family, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, and that's another point is, you know, are you staying connected with your local church? Because a lot of times we travel on the weekends and we're not at our church on Sunday. But um, you know, during the weekend, during the week, are you involved with a Bible study? Do you have friends in your church that you're accountable to that would be loving and kind and restore you if you're a little off track with your with your ministry? Um, Are you in a small group? I think those are super, super important, especially the insight and wisdom and counsel that you can get from the people in your church. So, and we'll talk a little bit about that later too in the um, last part of this regarding the mission statement. Well, the fourth consideration is financial. (laughs) Yes. Can you afford it? You know, um, like I said in that that uh, front story about that family who just lost everything because of that woman's dream to be a singer. Um, Or maybe you speak and sing and then also have a part-time job. And then that part-time job, you know, it's compromised because of your abilities to really spend time doing it. And 
Um, you never want to put your family in a situation of financial hardship because you want to be, you know, on the road singing or speaking. So sometimes this causes bitterness um, from your children or your spouse for the Lord's work. And I have that in quotations. Um, you can't see my air quotations. But, you know, if God is truly calling you to this ministry, he will provide the funds and allow you to do it. Um, I made a promise. I went to Nashville years ago, and I just kind of made a promise to the Lord that when I first started my music ministry, that if my music ministry was in the red for over a year, that I would just say, okay, maybe that's not for me, and I'm going to go do something else, um, try to find another gift that God has given me. And in the 20 years that I've had my music ministry, it's also called Blonde Tone Music, um, and that's my business name. Anyway, Blonde Tone Music has only been in the red for two months in the last 20 years, and that was when I borrowed some money to do a second album, but it paid itself off in the last two months. So I'm just very, very glad that that's something that I had promised the Lord years ago. Hmm. And and not that everybody should make that exact same promise. Of course, what you want to do is just work with God, you know, just pray it through, work with your spouse, work with your family until you come to a place of peace. That, you know, yes. and, and I even think about the family that went on the road and how when they came back, they were in a totally different position than they were when they left. And that may be the exact position God wanted them to be in um, in order for him to use them going forward because they didn't live in the same house anymore. They didn't have the same neighbors. They didn't, you know, I mean, it changes everything. So the key is to, to the best of your ability, follow the Holy Spirit, walk with him, grow with him, let him lead you around. And I just love what you're sharing here. We're going to take a really short break, come right back and talk about, um, if you're healthy enough to be on the road, we're going to address a little bit later. That was the fifth consideration, but we're going to come back and talk about things to consider when preparing your stage presence, mission statements and why you need one, uh, how to book your own concerts, and then also the difference between being an independent and signed artist presenter will be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. You're joining us at Marnie's Friends today to talk about how to be a road warrior without going crazy. Some insider strategies from our guest today, Adele Morgan. And that's actually her website address too, Adele Morgan, A-D-E-L-E, Morgan.com. You want to check that out after the show. Don't go anywhere right now. So right now, Morgan, uh, Morgan, Adele, let's talk about things to consider when preparing your stage presence. Because honestly, you know, it is kind, it's kind of like an author who thinks my whole job is to write the book, but then it goes published and all of a sudden you have to be a marketer. And it's the same with a musician. Okay, my job is to write and sing, but then you've got to be on a stage. <laughs> so talk to us about that. <laughs> Well, I have a few things. Um, the biggest thing for me, I think, is to videotape your talk, uh, not videotape it at home, but videotape a live performance or speaking event. So then you can just kind of watch yourself and be your own first judge, uh, 
look for, you know, annoying ticks that you may do that you never knew you did. Um, your body gestures, are they um, inviting or are they closed? So an open position for your body is more inviting than closed. And I, if, I, if you could see what I'm doing with my hands right now, you <laughs> get it. Um, and also, as, as a singer, I'm always usually telling stories when I sing. And so my hands um, are genuine and natural. They're not practiced. I don't put my hand in a certain place because somebody told me to do that. That just totally turns me off and is very distracting to the song for me. Um, also, don't stand directly behind your podium at all times. Try to, um, one of my pet peeves is when a person holds a microphone, a handheld microphone, and they hold it like a lollipop that you would be licking, like a big, you know, instead of directing it down towards the middle of your mouth. Um, so, you know, making sure that the mic can pick you up because the mic is not made, usually those mics are not made to pick your voice up on the side. It's on the very top. So that's just something I tell my, my singers when I talk to them. Um, eye contact, you know, look at your audience and really tell your story and connect with them and always smile more than you think you should. Um, that's, I think that's really important. Uh, next thing I would say um, is vocalize before you speak or sing. Um, I took a, a advice from Billy Graham. I heard him one time say that before he speaks, he says the alphabet several times. And um, vocalizing is super important for singers and for speakers because your vocal cords are what? They're a muscle, just like in your body when you work them out. So they need to be warmed up and they need to be strengthened. Um, I've seen speakers or heard speakers think uh, that if they talk lower, like if they talk lower, it'll be easier on their voice. However, that is totally the opposite. If you talk, <laughs> if you talk higher, it's not good for your voice either. Um, but talking right <laughs> somewhere in the middle of, of your, your mid-range is much, much healthier and less strenuous on your vocal cords. Also, I've had um, a pastor that has a problem with whispering. He's trying to make it really, you know, come down and so that people will really listen. But whispering is one of the worst things you can do for your vocal cords. Hmm. Wow, that's really good, good input. And I was thinking about, too, when you were talking about um, being yourself on stage, I remember being at a concert, and if I said her name, everybody would know who it was, but it, it was almost like whoever was her producer or her manager had told her, you know, you just have to dance a little when you get out there. Because every time she'd come <laughs> out, the first part of the first song, she'd be dancing around, dancing around, dancing around, and then she would, she'd like forget or something and settle into who she really was, <laughs> and she'd stand there and sing, and it was awesome. Packed house, didn't need her to be dancing. Because mm -hmm. that didn't matter. What mattered was we came to hear her and her message and her songs. And I just mm -hmm. want to encourage you, you know, if somebody tells you to do something or to wear something that you're just like, this is so awful, it is so not me, just step back and ask Jesus, is it okay for me to be me? Is it okay for me to be me? Because honestly, I really feel like, I really feel like that people are dying for Christians to be real instead of fakey. Absolutely. Um, I was going to mention um, a book that really helped me because I, I suffered with um, um, hoarseness with my voice for a while. I was also a volleyball coach for many years and a teacher and, you know, speaking in classroom. And 
There is a book called Stop Committing Voice Suicide by Morgan <laughs> Cooper. Yeah, and it was just very helpful for me. Um, and some other things that I think would help people with their stage presence is just to be overly prepared so that you can be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, just, just, <laughs> yeah, just be, just be authentic to your life so it flows from your heart and not just from who, what you're told to do, you know, telling mm-hmm. a story from your heart. People know, you know, if you're being authentic or not. Like you, you knew that that person that was dancing, somebody had told her to do that, and it didn't work out very well, <laughs> did it? Um, I, I actually have a line in one of my songs that says, do you practice what you pre- preach? And, um, you know, passion and authenticity goes a lot farther with your audience than perfection. Yes, or we do need to practice. Yeah. But, but, you know, we're human. There's going to be some little things that don't go right, especially, you know, in this stage of the digital, the digital age. But that passion goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have well, a few more points, but I'm not sure if we're, we're, we're done with that yeah, or not. Maybe, maybe knock them out real quick here. Okay. Well, the other ones are just seeking the Lord for guidance before each gig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like James, you don't ask for wisdom. He'll give it to you. Um, have I been in prayer for the people in my audience? Do you know who your audience is? Uh, these are things that you can take care of, you know, before your events, finding out with, from your event planner, and making sure that your outfit is modest and uh, wouldn't offend anyone in your audience. So don't overdress and don't underdress. <laughs> and, uh, you know, find out what you're, you know, if you're up, up in the mountains, you know, at a conference, you know, a sweater is great, you know, not a sleeveless blouse uh, or with peekaboo, peekaboo sleeves, you know. So just find those things out before you're, you're booking your concert. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to talk a couple minutes here, maybe about five minutes, about mission statements and why you need one for both your life and ministry. Adele, this is one of my passions. In fact, right now, if you guys go over to, if you're listening anytime near where this is released, if you go over to Marnie.com, you can get a free mission vision uh, statement worksheet over there because this is so important that we understand these things, but you talk about not only having one for your life, but also having one for your ministry, which I totally agree with. Just, just tell us a couple of things about that. Absolutely. Well, maybe I'll have to go check yours out too. Um, <laughs> well, years ago when I was at the Gospel Music Awards in Nashville, um, there is a singer-songwriter named Steve Camp. And if you're somewhere in my era, you'll know who Steve Camp was, but he was a great singer-songwriter, and he just had a heart for the music industry. And at that time, a lot of people were just not really living godly lives. They'd get on stage, say one thing, and live another life. And same with the promoters and the the recording studios and the producers. And so um, I saw a lot of that, too, when I went down there. It was one of the reasons why I decided to be an independent artist. Anyway, he... He had this big scroll. I mean, it was huge, like 12 feet big, and it, was, it covered almost the whole stage at the Ryman Auditorium. And he just called out the music industry to return to Christian practices in their um, businesses and to live more godly lives. And so on that mission statement, um, I think I'm going to take time to read it. It's, it's kind of short, um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's called The Covenant for Integrity of Life and Ministry, and it says, I now renew my commitment to Jesus Christ. With God's help, I will be a person of integrity. I will speak and live a relevant, authentic, consistent witness. I will pursue consistent spiritual growth in the context of ongoing relationships with my church and pastor. 
I will seek opportunity to serve in Christ's name. I will honor my body as the temple of the Holy Spirit, dedicated to a life of purity. I will be godly in all things, Christ-like in all relationships, both professional and personal. I will live live without prejudice and contempt towards those who differ from me. And when I sin, I will repent and return to the Lord. And so he asked everybody who wanted to, to make that covenant uh, to come up and sign that scroll. And so I did. I couldn't wait to get out of my seat and get up there and sign it. And I have uh, printed it out, framed it, and it's been in my office since mm-hmm. I started doing music um, professionally. Yeah, it's almost like a, a musician's creed or a performer's creed. <laughs> it's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, the one that I provide for you is really short. It's it's going to be a very like two phrases out of that whole thing. But what it does, like what mine did for me, and when I understood my mission and vision is, you know, to encourage women, provide practical help, and to, to turn thoughts toward Jesus. And when I understood that, what that did is it made a funnel for me, or a sieve almost, for me to put all of the potential work that I could do into. And I would just, you know, I would get a request to do this or that or the other or make a, make a project or, you know, direct something or whatever. I would just put through that sieve of that vision statement and ask God, you know, does this fit or not? And what's so beautiful mm-hmm. is that it really helps to clarify whether you should say yes or no to opportunities that come your way. So I really encourage you to do that. Let's go ahead and talk about the difference between an independent versus a signed artist or presenter. Okay, well, an independent artist obviously is just doing it on their own independently and without a record label, without a promoter, without an agent. And then a signed artist obviously has signed a contract with a record label or a book publisher um, that, you know, you have to live by their stipulations in order to keep your contract and in order for them to keep uh, funding your music and, and your books. So I just kind of put out some positive sides of um, being an independent artist and some negative sides. So um, as an independent artist, one of the positive sides is that you own all your publishing rights, especially if you do all that that work ahead of time. You know, there's a, you know, people always want to say, I want to be a singer. Well, there's a lot of homework to do it right legally, (laughs) as you well know, Marnie. Um, And then, you know, you get to pick and choose uh, where you want to sing, what you wear to your concerts, what, what goes in the lyrics of your songs. Um, When I was um, presented with signing a contract a couple times, I just could not I couldn't sign it. There was just too many stipulations in there where I just felt like they would own me. In fact, I wrote a song about it called Where Are Your Treasures? But um, the negative side, though, is that you have to do all your own promoting and booking yourself, which sometimes is not that bad, but it does take time and you have to be kind of, you know, diligent at it. And then another positive about that, about being an independent artist, is that you don't have to pay an agent or a promoter but you do have to spend your own time. So, you know, there's two different things to think about. And like you said, some of my opinions are not always best for everyone, but these are the things that I can relate to and that have worked out for me in the last few years. Um, and the, another positive side is that um, you have your own schedule. You don't have to. I remember one of the record labels had said, well, we want you to, to you know, sing like 80 to 100 gigs a year and I was just like whoa you know and at that time my daughter was young and I just 
there was just no way that I could be the mother that I wanted to be or the wife that I felt like God wanted to, me to be and sign that contract. So um, the negative side is that if you're not a self-starter, you may not get all these <laughs> things done. <laughs> and you, you've got to give yourself deadlines to get them done. Um, and then the positive side, too, is that you don't have the pressure of being let go from the label. I remember talking to a lot of people who were let go from the label because, you know, they weren't young enough. Now, the industry has changed where us old gals can keep doing music and people <laughs> are, still, <laughs> are still buying it, and, which is amazing to me. And just, you know, the industry has changed mm-hmm. so much because of uh, the Internet and digital downloads and that kind of thing. Um, the negative thing is that you may not become rich or famous, but is that really determined what success is? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've all seen the demise of so many very, very popular and famous artists. And I'm just so glad that I didn't follow that path and that God has given me peace in what I do and a great family and a marriage that has lasted 30, will be celebrating 35 years this year yay congratulations yay. on that yeah yes, yes. yeah that's that's pretty awesome especially when you consider all the traveling that you have done that's that's amazing well we're going to take a short break come back talk about how to book your own concerts and speaking gigs how to think about venue contracts and venue agreements and also how to connect yourself with the nonprofit. we will be right back online training instant access increase your skills in the minutes you have Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. So happy to have you with us this afternoon. We're talking about insider strategies for ministry-minded world warriors with our guest Adele Morgan, a singer-songwriter, inspirational speaker, producer, and recording artist from Alaska. <laughs> Love to have you here with us today. Adele. <laughs> We're going to talk next about how to book your own concerts and speaking gigs because if you do decide to be an indie performer, that's what you're going to have to know how to do. So go ahead and share some of your best tips in there. Well, you know, what's crazy is that I haven't really had to, to book gigs lately. You know, I've been doing this for so long. So if you have a good track rec- record, usually they'll just kind of book themselves. Um, but when you're starting out, especially now, using social media to post about other gigs and conferences that you sing or speak at is one of the best things. I mean, people are just on social media now. And if they see, oh, yeah, and then they'll go to your website and, of course, make sure you have a good website where people can listen to your songs. Um, YouTube is great. You can actually YouTube any of my songs just singly if you want to listen to one of them. Um, I do have some music videos out there, too. Um, I probably should do more live Facebook things, but I, I don't. I know that a lot of people do that because but that's one of the things where it just kind of falls off because you can only do so much. 
because um, I'm traveling and speaking. So um, I also always carry a business card, and um, people, when they ask me what I do, I just give them the business card. And then if they do um, sound interested, and I really would like to, you know, sing or speak for whatever they had mentioned, I do kind of follow up because a lot of times people will, you know, be meaning mean well, but they will forget. So follow up within like a week and say, were you, were you serious about having me come speak, da, da, da? And if not, then just leave it alone because, you know, God's in control of where you speak or sing. And, um, and another thing is you can join a speakers bureau like speakers, womenspeaker.com, right, Marty? <laughs> you are welcome to come. Yeah, you know what, yes. we, have some, we have a lot of singers. Well, not really a lot. We have several singers who also speak. So what, what we don't do is we don't do speaking, just singing. But if you're right. willing to also speak, then a lot of planners are like, oh, sweet, this is a two-in-one, you know, really right, nice right. for the group. I just did, one, just did one last week where I did the music and the program. And for a lot of groups, that is just ideal. Yes, it's, it's a little tiring. I just did one a couple of weeks ago that, where I led worship, gave my testimony, did the conference, and uh, one of the breakouts. So that was a little much, but they, they really got their, their money's worth, I guess. Well, actually, um, I, it's whatever they gave me because I take love, love offerings, which I'll talk about later. But um, um, especially with music, you know, hook up with CD Baby. CD Baby is an independent songwriter's um, website that has songwriters from all over the world, and they help with all my music to be put on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, you know, any digital sales. So, you know, it's hard to sell a physical CD these days. I mean, usually only sell CDs when I'm actually speaking and they're right there at the table. Um, right. but, but, and then a lot of people just would much rather have a download. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of old-fashioned. I still kind of like the CDs, but I do download things too. I do both. But, you know, I have t- – have, um, and also have tabs on your website and your Facebook. It says booking or contact and make it very basic. And um, when they fill that out, then you can send them a contract that we're going to talk about too um, with more detail. And then also have great references. You know, make sure that your references have, um, you know, real personal experiences with your singing and speaking. Um, so and have those both on your website and your Facebook pages. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, really good stuff. So let's talk for a minute about the difference between venue contracts and venue agreements. Well, this is really kind of simple, but sometimes speakers and singers don't know about that. But when I do ministry-type events, I, um, I have them sign an agreement because I don't charge a set fee. And some, of, some people do. But I've just felt like the Lord didn't want me to charge a set fee. Um, I always tell them I need to have my expenses paid. And coming from Alaska, sometimes that is a challenge for them. But um, I've never been in the red because of that. And the Lord has always provided for me. And um, so just a detailed contract agreement. And then when I do secular events, I do have them sign a contract because they are agreeing to pay me a set amount. So it's a little bit more legal jargon. And, but most of that is all just be to have them um, establish good communication, you know, because communication before the event is so key to making things run smooth. So it's just a difference between 
you know, what does what is a contract and what is an agreement? One is more legal um, because they'll be bound to pay you that amount and, and what they agreed. And then the other one is just for establishing good communication. Yeah, that's great. And even for speakers who are listening, I just I call mine an, a confirmation instead of an agreement, but that's what it is. I send it over to them and they just fill in the blanks of what they're committing to do and that's their confirmation that that's what we're going to do. So whatever way it is, it's pretty important for you to get these things in writing and not just assume everybody knows what's going on. Um, really important actually. And then the other thing yeah. I mentioned kind of earlier that I wanted you to swing back around and just touch on a moment here is is actually the the reality that a contract you are signing might have stuff in it. Um, that you wouldn't ever want yeah. to sign. Yeah. And so yeah. how do you, like when it's a long contract, what is your, what is your best practice there? Read it all. Um, uh, definitely. Now I don't have, um, I haven't had to sign their contracts for me to come to speak to them. I, the only contracts that I've ever been given were if I was to sign with a record label or with a producer. Um, and those definitely just read all the the small print and ask as many questions as you want because there were some record labels and producers that wanted to just put their name on everything that I've already done and take a percentage. And then mm-hmm. they said that in, in return, they would get me gigs. Well, you know, the getting gigs wasn't that important to me because I was already getting gigs. So, you know, just, I had to say, no, that was, that was kind of ridiculous. I didn't see how that was going to be helping my ministry at all. So yeah, and another thing to watch out for is some contracts say that if you sign with them, you never can sign with anybody else ever in your whole life until they release you. And this that's is a, very true. <laughs> that's a that's a really big commitment. You want to know that that's what you're signing before you sign it, mm-hmm. and know that that's what God's calling you to. Yeah. So just take yeah. time to really review any contracts you sign. And one of the things that I encourage you to do is if you are an independent speaker or singer, musician, whatever, that you make up your own. It's a really great way to actually get all of the information you need without calling back 12 times or emailing back and forth 28 times. And then right. it also has it all on one piece of paper or, you know, two or three, however long your contract is. But it just makes it simpler for everybody to just have that all nailed down. Before this section is over, I do want us to talk about how to connect ourselves with a nonprofit. So first of all, define why you might want to do that and then how a person would. Well, I think it is doubly good for the singer and for the audience members because um, I, I used to be signed with um, World Vision as an associate artist. And so when I would do concert, I'd also ask for people to sponsor children because one of my passions is just um, uh, children. And um, I just thought that they were a great company. And however, they had found me on the web. I didn't know anything about them as much as – um, I learned over the years that I was with them. Um, and so your your people are listening to your music, but they're also knowing what your passions are, and then they are helping something, you know, that is greater than the artist. So it's not really all about you. You change the focus to about being about you to being about some kind of cause. And I think that that's always amazing and wonderful, but you have to be sure that you're choosing the right causes and not just doing it because, oh, I'm going to be a good person because I'm going to choose this cause. But is, is it really representing your passions and your biblical beliefs? And um, World Vision did that for me. I, I pulled out um, from being World Vision artist several years ago, but I also just, 
I do a lot of nonprofit type events, benefits and fundraisers, um, because once you do get a certain kind of platform, you do want to bring people to support the causes that you really believe in. And Marnie, I know that you do that. So um, I, I just think that it's, a, it's good for the artist and the speaker, and it's also good for that cause that you're supporting. Um, I remember years ago when I was, you know, just starting the singing thing, I felt like I, I was on a trip and um, I was actually a, a national spokesperson, which we probably won't talk about too much, but um, for another company. And they asked me to be on a national television show and they were telling me that they would sing, that I would sing and promote um, stem cell research. Well, at that time it was very new and um, I did know that they were taking stem cells from aborted babies, which was totally against my, you know, biblical principles. And it was almost like staring Satan in the face because he kept Mm -hmm. trying to, he kept trying to convince me to do this and it'll be great for your career and, and I could make you a star and blah, blah, blah. And, and I just, oh, I just had to turn away and say, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you know, my, my um, biblical beliefs just wouldn't let me do that because I said, if you can tell me for sure that, this research is not taking stem cells from aborted babies, but he couldn't. And so I told him no, and he thought I was the worst person in the world and crazy. And anyway, but, you know, I'm so glad that I did that a long time ago because it helps me be just more aware of what I'm really promoting and what I'm passionate about and what my music is doing. And if you can use your music for a platform or you're speaking for a greater you know, cause, especially telling people about Jesus, you know, it just makes you have more purpose. Mm-hmm. I, di- I did go with an organization for a while, and then I just stepped back from that because I felt like it was too confining for me personally. And everybody listening, you have to make your own decisions, obviously, with Jesus. You, you talk this through and you make your decisions with Christ. But for me, I have really loved the freedom to um, sometimes I'll be going on a mission trip or something that I'll have the ability to raise funds for to take with me over there for them. Or sometimes the church or the organization will have their own thing that they want. That's what just happened a couple weeks ago. They had their own um, missions organization that they wanted to promote. So for me, for what I do, it just works so much better to not be bound um, by that. And I guess that's, you know, one of the things that keeps surfacing here in this conversation is to really take a hard look at who you want to answer to before you make these agreements. You know, are you going to answer to, you know, a, a a music, a recording company? Are you going to answer to a manager? Are you going to answer to um, a nonprofit organization? Who are you going to answer to? And is that who God's calling you to answer to? So I just want everybody to know that this is a lot to pray through and a lot to consider, but God's got it and he's got you and he's got your whole future in his hands. And so just to go back to him and to ask him for guidance and for help, that's the best way to do it. Well, we are having so much fun this afternoon, and this hour is flying by with our guest, Adele Morgan. Her website is adelemorgan.com, A-D-E-L-E, morgan.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to stay healthy while traveling, and you definitely want to stay tuned for this. Uh, Also, why prevent communication is key, and some people you want to include on your list. Also, the one thing that will get you blacklisted and how to avoid it, don't go away. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. 
Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you are joining us for the last segment of this great program with Adele Morgan talking about insider strategies for ministry-minded road warriors. Adele is a singer-songwriter and has been traveling with her ministry for a long time, and she's got such great tips. Thank you, Adele, for being here. It's just so awesome, and you're doing a wonderful job just sharing these strategies. Let's talk about how to stay healthy while traveling, and I think before you launch into this, tell us why you are like the best person ever to talk to us about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about the best person, but I have definitely learned. Um, 30 years ago, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And, you know, it hit me pretty hard. And, you know, I had to make a lot of adjustments to my life. But so far, I have no diabetic complications. And I'm praising the Lord for that. And hard work, a lot of hard work. Um, I'm on an insulin pump, and that was the reason why I was a national spokesperson. I traveled all over the United States talking to people about their health and about insulin pumping. And now that I'm not under contract, I can talk about Jesus and tell people about our real hope because Mm. our real hope is not in our health, but it's great to be healthy so that we can be more effective for Jesus. But one of my, um, my acronyms that I use is C-S-E-E, and I used that when I was speaking with diabetics because um, diabetes, diabetes causes blindness. So S stands for stress relief. And that is very um, important in staying healthy. So, you know, make sure that you are doing something on your trips to relieve stress. Um, and one of those things for me is exercise. And exercise also helps my um, blood sugars stay level and and keep my receptors open. And I could do a whole two hours on (laughs) this whole subject, but I will not do that. Um, And then the next E stands for eat right and to know more about what the foods are that you're eating. So one of the things I do, um, a lot of the simple things is I don't have any caffeine drinks before I speak because it's too drying. It dries out your vocal cords. Um, I don't eat, drink any bubbly drinks before I speak or sing because it also um, gives you indigestion because carbonation <laughs> puts gas in your stomach. And who wants to be putting it in your stomach? You don't need that. Um, and then on long flights, you know, make sure that you're stretching and that you're doing some isometrics. And if your flight is over two hours, get up and walk around. It's totally acceptable to do that. Um, another thing is always pack workout clothing. I might have to have a bigger bag because I always pack my tennis shoes and workout clothing. And I love to use the hotel gyms. I love to ask the people around my hotels where the safe trails are to walk. Um, I always use the pool. Um, and I always use the stairs as much as possible. In fact, when in one hotel in New York, the the gym was so far away in the hotel, it was so huge that I just used my stairs to go up and down because I was kind of too scared to go to the, the gym late at night. So 
you know, be careful about that. (laughs) Right. Uh, And um, nowadays, always bring your headphones because you can listen to great music, a great speaker. You can listen to Marnie's friends while you exercise. (laughs) You can um, put apps on your phone for preachers, different teachers, and music. Mm -hmm. So bring your headphones. Um, And then, of course, you are truly what you eat. So put clean fuel in your car, it will run smoothly. Put dirty fuel in your car, it will break down and not run right. So the same is true for your body. You know, eat the foods that are as close as how God made them. Um, when, you're, when you're out, you know, ask your host to just, you know, people are always concerned about my diabetes, and I always just say, hey, I eat how everybody else should be eating. You know, just eat foods that are real. Eat, you love real food, eat real food. Um, the last two things is sleep. Sleep as much as you can on your trips. Um, it builds a healthy immune system. And wash your hands. Wash your hands after you've shaken hands with 10 million people. <laughs> um, and um, last thing is um, I take great supplements. And that's you know, depends on your opinion on that, but I do take supplements because I know that my body can't always absorb the nutrition that I need from the foods that I eat. So those are some quick tips on how to stay healthy while you travel. Oh, so good. So good. And really all of them were just good and necessary. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So um, let's talk a little bit. We have two more topics to get through here uh, before we end the hour. And I want to talk next about pre-event communication. This is, we talked a little earlier about having some kind of a contract, agreement, confirmation statement, something that allows you to get all the information that you need um, so that you can start planning appropriately for the event. But beyond that, tell us what the minimum, the minimum communication should be and with who. Well, I have five, five people that you really need to communicate with. And a lot of times I will make direct contact with the audiovisual people. In our day and age, you know, I use videos, I use PowerPoint, and, you know, Satan loves to live in the video and audiovisual. I don't know. Um, Got to pray over those things, definitely. And sometimes they often get forgotten, like forgotten, like they are the mm-hmm. last thing to think about. And it's really, if you can't be heard, then your message can't be heard. So um, make sure that you're making direct contact with that person. And I have a few more things to talk about with that person than maybe just a speaker because of the singing part of it. But um, that he, the, the audiovisual person is the best, most important person I think that you need to talk to. Um, the second one would be your merchandisers, you know, making sure that they know um, how to sell your, your product and um, make sure that you compensate them. I always compensate my merchandisers with a free CD or um, in your case, it would be maybe a free book or something or even a download or something like that to make them feel that, you know, what they're doing is, is worthwhile to you. Um, making sure that you talk with the promoter several months ahead of time, making sure that they have the right um, way of talking about you with their one-liners. Because one of the things I just never like to be uh, billed billed as is a gospel singer. And maybe it's just me. It's not that I don't give the gospel. It's just that gospel is a different genre of music, and I don't sing Mm. gospel music. I sing contemporary Christian music, you know, so it's a different thing. But make sure that you talk – with your promoter, um, talk with the pastors and the worship pastors of the church if you're doing it. Um, for me, you know, I'll be, I'll be taking up sometimes their 
their time on Sunday morning, and that's a very valuable time. So I want to make sure that they know that what I have to say is in line with their doctrinal statements. So I send them a doctrinal statement or um, to make sure that we're on the same page there. And, of course, your host um, or your drivers, depending on if you're at a hotel or at someone's home. You know, just treat all of these people with uh, respect and, and love. And I just always, you know, think that all these people behind the scenes are, are really so important. Oh, they really are. And I have a huge love for AV people. My dad ran a sound system my whole life. He was always in the back running sound. And uh, from small churches to huge churches. And what I found was that um, when everything was going right, nobody really noticed my dad. But whenever mm-hmm. something went wrong, the eyes would turn and shoot daggers at him as if mm-hmm. he did it. And it is a really thankless job that's so important. So you guys, when you have AV people, treat them well. I, I just, I can't, I give them a gift too, right along with the planner and the, oh, yes. <laughs> the yep, you know, absolutely. the merchandise people because they're, you know, and I give them extra hugs every time I see them. I just love them so much. And I agree with you that this is an area where really Satan has a heyday with technological issues. I mean, he can really interfere with what God is trying to do. And don't forget those people that are running the sound in the, in the AV section. Amen. Yeah. One last thing. We're going to talk about how to stay not blacklisted. Oh, my goodness. You know, it is so scary, <laughs> it is so scary for, for us to even think about being blacklisted. But the one thing I want you to know is before we talk about how not to get blacklisted, it's a really big world. And even if somebody does blacklist you, there's a whole lot of other somebodies out there. So if you've been blacklisted and you're kind of using that as your reason for not doing what God's calling you to do, I just encourage you, get back up, um, walk back out there, and ask God, what do you want me to do right now? Because maybe he's just using that blacklist to keep you from a certain audience, to take you to a different audience. And I see this all the time. God moves us around in the most creative and sometimes painful ways we can imagine. So if you've been blacklisted, don't let that stop you if God wants you to keep going. But if you haven't been blacklisted and God doesn't have that in your future, let's find out how to not do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I I think that you've probably talked about this in other um, talks, but we'll just say it again. Don't be a diva. Don't be a diva. And, it's and so um, one of my biggest, you know, one of my mantras is plan, plan, and then go with the flow. Because mm-hmm. I am a planner, and I do want things to go right. But, you know, it just, it will ruin everything for you and for the people that you're singing or speaking for to, to you know, demand certain foods and certain drinks. I remember when I was in Nashville at a conference, and they actually showed me a real writer, which is just a list of everything that this band you probably know about insisted on and it was just singing at a church and I was just kind of dumbfounded I said Lord if I ever do this I do not want to do that or be that person because you know we're going directly against what God says that we are all his children and that we're not supposed to think of ourselves more highly than others and it just went just didn't run well with my soul so don't be doing that and um and do do sound checks uh, a day before if possible or several, several hours before the event so that you'll have time to work out the kinks and then nobody will be under pressure and emotions won't fly. And, and let me tell you, artists, <laughs> musicians are very 
tender, you know, and so it's easy for their <laughs> their emotions to fly, and so you have to treat them very tenderly. Yes. Um, and then, of course, like I said, treat your stage hands and sound people and drivers and all those behind mm-hmm. the scenes with um, the utmost respect. And mm-hmm. um, and I just I just can't say it enough that you know this is not all about me, and I know that's kind of cliche and. I, I actually wrote a children's song called Not All About Me, which sometimes I want to sing for adults. But, <laughs> um, yes, uh, yeah, but it, really, it really isn't. And it's, it's where God is being glorified with the talents and gifts that he's given you. And um, you want to just flourish in what you do. So help other people flourish. And um, one of the best ways that we can show how much we love Christ is to love his people. That's so true. And it's so good. Oh my goodness. This hour has gone so fast and I've had so much fun having you here, Adele. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome. I've had so much fun too. And I hope I wasn't talking too fast. <laughs> no, you did great. <laughs> you did great. And I suppose, I suppose when you sing, it's all metered out for you at the right tempo. <laughs> yeah. This is true, but sometimes I talk too much when I sing, but anyway. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. And you guys, you want to go over and check out Adele's website, all kinds of great stuff over there. And uh, it it is just A-D-E-L-E Morgan.com, Adele Morgan.com. So fun. At the very end of our conversation just now, I was thinking about how it's so important to treat everyone that you meet with the same respect and honor, whether they're your driver or whoever they are. It doesn't matter what role they're playing in your life. Don't turn on and turn off your charm. Uh, just stay letting Jesus flow through you at all times. But I was thinking about I just was um, recently somewhere, and I had a hectic schedule, and I got to my home, my host home. And you know they always want to talk to you so much, and it's so wonderful to meet people that way and engage with them. But I was exhausted. And my host was excited to receive me, and I just expressed to her how exhausted I was. And she was just so gracious, and when I left, she, she, even though I had hardly spent any time with her at all, she put a note back to me that I was one of the favorite guests she'd ever had, and she felt really honored to host me. So be real. Just let God take care of you. Be real, and then just follow his lead wherever he takes you. If you're exhausted, he will restore you in his time and way. Well, thank you for being with us today. Always so fun to have you with when we're airing live or when you listen to the archives or share this around the web. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.